Welcome to the Business and Beyond podcast presented by PNC. I'm Gary Dick, and I am with the one and only Dan Dockage, current sports radio host at OutKick, and a guy who's really carved his way into our podcast um, record books. Dan, not only our 100th guest, but the first ever to share so many great stories, we've decided to split the podcast into two parts. Before we head into the second half, uh, a replay of some of the highlights from last week's first 30 minutes, some priceless vintage dockage stories, including this doozy involving Bob Knight on a rant in the locker room wearing nothing. The man was naked, no clothes on, with a towel, shimming between his legs <laughs> with Damon Bailey, Pat Graham, and Alan Henderson in the locker room, coach's locker room, and he cut him after we lost the game. You're off the team, you're off the team, and you're off. And the man was naked. All I've ever said about the local media, I've never gotten personal. I've just simply said, look, you guys are bad at your job. Dockage controversies. I'm like, really? Dockage is a bully. I always thought a bully was somebody that came at you. I just responded to people coming at me, which is my personality. I'd like to be involved in something a little more important than whether a guy throws a ball through a hoop. My mother will tell you that two things. One, I'm her sensitive child. I cry at Bambi. I cry at Wizard of Oz. And two, that somehow, someway, I'm like my father and I thrive in chaos. And we tip off the second half of our conversation with Dan Dockage on his home turf in Northwest Indiana, the region, where he went to Andrean High School, the son of Lake County educators. Let's go back to, to Northwest Indiana, uh, hometown, the region, uh, Andrean High School, right? Yep. Yep. Talk about growing up in the region. I know uh, you talked about your dad. I think your mom and dad were both educators, right? So you probably couldn't pull a whole lot uh, over on 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 them. Uh, I got to tell you, you had to be on your deathbed to miss school. There was there was nothing. And I did. You know, it's like everybody else. You, you don't really care about when you're a kid what anybody else has, you know, or, or what we had didn't have. I know this. I knew every every other Friday on payday when my mom and dad were teachers, they were going to go to McDonald's. My mom was going to go to the grocery store. And if you ate all the hard salami or the Totino's pizzas, you weren't getting it again till the next freaking two weeks when payday came. <laughs> it wasn't like now. We go to Kroger every day for crying out loud. I, I was very lucky. I had an older brother that took care of me. I had neighbors. Uh, there's a couple of guys, uh, Joey, Bobby Mullen, and all the guys, Johnny Stroh, I can name them all. And they let me play as a little kid. And we never, ironically enough, we never played basketball. We never. Really? Ever played basketball. We played baseball and we played football in the empty lot next to our house. I We didn't have a basketball court. I begged my parents to have a basketball court. My mother, she said, no, you'll play for it with it for about two weeks and uh, that'll be it because we didn't we, we didn't have one. So nobody played. We played baseball. We played basketball. Well, excuse me, football. We made up games. Yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget the day. I will never forget my father said, we're going to get a basketball court. I'm having the shop class come over and make it, which he'd probably be fired for now. <laughs> right, right. We were on the school bus. I looked. There was a basketball court in it. We didn't have a big driveway, a little driveway. I sprinted into the house, grabbed my ball, because I wanted to make the first shot before my dumb brother did. <laughs> I wanted the first bucket. He wasn't even thinking about it. He was thinking about girls or school. <laughs> or, I'm thinking, I got to make the first shot on this damn basket. 
And then I had to make the last shot when we sold it in like 2000 or uh, 1987. But I was lucky. We, we, uh, yeah. like I said, I was a scared kid, very scared, very shy kid. Uh, couldn't talk to anybody, but I had this basketball court and I would turn on WLS at 890 in Chicago, listen to Larry Lujak and, and John Records Landau. Oh, and, I did the same. Uh, yeah. Around. And all I did was make up stories in my own mind and shoot basket at. I didn't like talking to people. I didn't like yeah. uh, at all. I still don't. I I I just don't. I, if I go to a party, I usually kind of just sit there. People sometimes think it's standoffish. I'm incredible. My mother will tell you I'm huh. incredibly shy and incredibly sensitive about certain things. And but that basketball court, man, that basketball court. That little radio, it wasn't even 15 feet deep. If you shot from the corner, it was literally four feet each side. I didn't care. I was beating Gary Roosevelt. I was beating Gary Westside. I was kicking the hell out of Maryville on that court a thousand times. And uh, you know what? It got me to Indiana, frankly. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Hey, hey, I want to talk about that, but you mentioned your brother, Tom, and uh, an attorney, uh, real estate uh, development, very successful. Uh, and he's doing a lot, as you know. Uh, a lot of development in Northwest Indiana. Uh, and I think uh, I'm sure it is for, you know, those are good business deals, but I know there's a passion that he has to give back to Northwest, uh, Northwest Indiana as well. Yeah. I'm so proud of my brother, Gary. I, I, uh, I know what he went through to get that data center. I mean, this was eight years, almost went bankrupt. Uh, his wonderful wife, Roberta kind of, she's a realtor. She kind of kept him afloat. I mean, we, we would be, Tom would be like, yeah, I think we're going to get this done in Chicago, but I want to do it in Northwest Indiana. I think we're going to blah, blah, you know, and for, to go there and watch him get this done in an area that means so much. As I ran a basketball camp at Andrean for 24 years because I wanted, I wanted to give back. I wanted to go home. I wanted to show the kids in Northwest Indiana, you know, the Luke Heron Goatees, those kind of kids, Brandon Brantley's, they all, everybody came to my camp that, you know, you could make it out of here. And my brother has taken that way beyond. I mean, his dealings in Northwest, and he, he's serious. And I believe this is why good things are happening for him. His Certainly, he as you said, it's good business deals. But I think it's bigger than that. He wants Northwest Indiana. He wants pride there, you know. And that's why he put up this huge flag that you can see as you go on the uh, Skyway or come into Indiana off the Skyway, second biggest flag. I couldn't be more proud of him, man. He I've, he's always been my hero. He's always been my idol. You know, people say, well, your idol's Bobby Knight. I go, no, it's my dad and my brother. Well, your hero, my basketball hero was a guy named Bob Love, but my life hero uh, is my brother, Tom. Any problem, first call, boom, him. Anything that he says might be a problem, I take serious. And I got to tell you, I've never seen in my lifetime anybody work harder for more years than he did to get done that data center. And man. Like I said, it's just absolutely amazing, and and uh, I'm lucky. I got very, I got, I got, I got the third base without hitting a triple. Having Tom Dockage as my brother and Jackie Dockage as my younger sister. Yeah, uh, that's great. And and he, uh, I tell you, as you're right, that data center and some of these other developments uh, uh, could be the start of some really big things for Northwest uh, Indiana. Let's go back to growing up playing hoops and baseball. So did you anticipate, did you think it was going to be like baseball was going to be your ticket or it was always basketball was going to be, uh, be the deal? You know, I, I fell in love, not like in love 
with basketball. You know, people talk about your first love and, you know, it might be some girl or mine. I, I, I would sit in class and I couldn't wait to go shoot hoops by myself on this court that was this big. I couldn't wait. Like I, everybody's over at Gretchen Wellman's house in, in grade school and high school and there's a party or they're building the school float and it's raining out. So I don't care. I'm shooting hoops. I just, I loved it. And I, I, you know, I love playing baseball too. I, I knew I didn't like football because I played in eighth grade and I liked the day off better than the practice. <laughs> like, you know, you know right. I mean? yeah. <laughs> basketball, if we had a day off, I was getting us a gym somewhere. I was riding a bike. I, I, I unlocked my grade school. If we had a day off, I would unlock a window and I would sneak in this, this little boiler room that they have. Yeah. So I totally, totally, completely was in love. But baseball was a big part of it, too. And Gary, Junedale Little League was the center of the universe. But, man, I just, you know, I, I, I just loved. I didn't like. Yeah. I loved the sport of basketball. Well, tell me, when, when did the recruiters start kind of knocking on the door? And, and uh, uh, there at Andrain, you had a great career, obviously, in high school. What was the recruiting process like? You know, I, I studied all this. So I just wanted to get a letter from somebody. And I'll never forget, my first letter was from the Coast Guard. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, I'll go to the Coast Guard, baby, and we're going to win a national championship, damn it. I don't care, right? <laughs> you know, I started getting let at my high school and my high school coach didn't really, I don't know, they, you know, they had never really had success. Jimmy Bullock, who played at Purdue, is uh -huh, a great yeah. player. So he he comes in and I, you know, all of a sudden we're gonna have a really good team. About halfway, we, neither of us played on the varsity as sophomores. Uh, none of us did. I, it was just kind of our coach's thing. About three quarters of the way uh, through my junior year, I started getting mail and questionnaires, so I would fill them out. But, Gary, we play the last game of the season. It's at Lowell High School. And for whatever the reason, I scored 49 points in three quarters. Wow. And after the game, like it, in, it was at Lowell High School. So we drive back, and everybody would go to this McDonald's. After the game, well, it was a weekday game, so nobody was really there. I go home, and my dad's like, hey, you know, you broke Mark Manuel's school record. I go, yeah, yeah, I heard that. He goes, you want the good news? I go, sure. He goes, Coach Cruz was there, and uh, IU wants to, wants to recruit you and bring you down to the Ohio State Championship game next week or whatever it was. I mean, I, I, you want me to continue? I can tell yeah. you how it all went. Yeah. So my brother – my dad, myself, Bob Hamill's brother, Jim, was a high school coach. He went, and I think a couple kids were getting his van. And, Gary, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I knew Indiana was big. But in my neck of the words, Notre Dame, Marquette, DePaul. DePaul was number one in the country. Yeah. You know, I walk into Assembly Hall. I don't know nothing about recruiting. I walk into Assembly Hall. It was Ohio State, 1980. Woody was coming back to play against Clark Kellogg, Big Ten Championship game. And I'm just like, holy <laughs> shit. Whoa. Yeah. I'd never, I've never seen so much red. Well, it's an unbelievable game. Uh, Butch Carter makes two free throws, goes overtime, Indiana wins. People go nuts. They have a ceremony after it's senior night. We we don't know nothing. Like, we don't know nothing. Everybody's, you know, leaving. We're just leaving. We're walking kind of on the side of the court. And all of a sudden, somebody goes, hey, Dan, uh, Tom, and it's Coach Cruz. He goes, come on in the locker room. And we're like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we go in the locker room. 
And I'm standing there like this, right? I mean, we're against the wall, and it's not a big locker room. Knight talks to the team. Everybody's excited. And Coach Knight comes over, and he starts talking to us. And we're like, wow, this is cool. Introduce us to Isaiah, Landon, all this. He goes, don't leave. I got to do the interview. Don't leave. Just stay right here in this locker room. Is that all right? We're like, sure. Honest to God, I'm, everybody leaves. We're waiting on night. He's doing the media. Uh, players are leaving, you know. And I'm looking at this board that was always in our locker room of, of the goals for the game, and I'm just looking at it. And honest to God, Gary, whack, right on the side of the head. And I turned around. And I'm like, I thought it was my brother, right? So I turned around, kind of had my fist, like, what the f are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And I turned around, it's Coach Knight. He goes, hey, Danny, you going to come play here at Indiana or what? I looked at my dad, and he goes, I don't know. Yeah. And I go, Coach, are you giving me a scholarship? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you d***. What you think I was talking about, being a walk-on? I go, <laughs> I go. Wow. I go, okay. I go, yeah, yeah, I'm coming here. Were you crazy? Yeah. So it it literally, I, and I think at the time, I was the earliest commit ever to Indiana. Uh, I remember somebody saying that because they put it in the paper and it was like yeah. March, I don't know, whatever it was. I didn't know what that meant. But what so I found one, out. But that, one trip, that, that one trip was it, right? That was it. Wow. And what I found out was, man, that next year, Every game we played, there was like a zillion freaking Indiana fans there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just different, but it was fun. It was, uh, it's a great memory. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street Bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Okay, I, I know you could go a bunch of different ways on this, but open-ended question, what was it like playing for Coach Knight? You know, I liked it. I loved yeah. it, actually. He was very fair. You know, every guy that's ever played, except for the great players, will tell you, well, I should have played more. Well, he, you know, I always felt like this. It was about the third practice I was there. I, I knew, man, I'm going to have to figure this out because these guys are good and I'm not very athletic. But I always thought he was fair. I always thought if you did your job every day, eventually you were going to get an opportunity. And if you got an opportunity, take advantage of it. My first time, we went to Kentucky. My first game at Assembly Hall, we beat Miami of Ohio by 20. I played one minute, and I scored five points. I got a three-point play and then a buck in the last minute of the first half. My roommate, Rick Rowray, he played a bunch, which did not make me happy because we were the same size, and I did not like this. <laughs> well, Rick broke his arm. We, so, Gary, here's the deal. We win, and we have Knight's crazy mad. We only won by 20. 
He kicks us out of the locker room, tells us to go dress in the football locker room, and we're having practice at 6 o'clock the next morning. That's after we won. By Long 20. story short, and this is what I liked about Coach Knight. We win a couple games, whatever. We go to Kentucky. I'm the last guy in. We're getting blown out by Kentucky. Blown out. I'm the last guy in. But for whatever the reason, we start making a comeback. I get the ball to Whitman. I get the ball to Kitchell. I got the opportunity to start the next game because even in garbage time, Coach Knight was paying attention. In pre- there are guys in coaching that would only take eight guys. That's it. I don't care. These eight guys are playing. I don't care what Gary did in practice or what Dan did in practice. I always loved that about it. I tried to do that in my own coaching career. I thought he was very fair. I love the fact that he held you accountable. I love the fact that he did not bother you off the court. There's no like like now where you got to have a relationship. Hell, I wanted to go hang out with co-eds. I didn't want to yeah. have a relationship with a coach for Who gave a rat's ass about that? Yeah. But I always thought he was fair. I wish I'd have played more. I, I wish, you know, whatever. But And I loved working for him. I, I did. My I got sideways with Coach Knight when I went to ESPN. And he did a number of things behind my back trying to get on my package. He tried to get me off the Big Ten games and him on. And he he did a lot of really ridiculous stuff that got back to me from the hires up. But my thing playing and coaching for Coach Knight, the playing part fit me perfectly. It was I great, yeah. Not, I would love to play for Coach Katie. Uh, and Coach Katie came to my house, and I thought he was great. But that was a perfect fit for me. And I've heard you say that you think Bob Knight is the best basketball coach of all time. I do. I, I will. I will. You know, I, I can't win that argument, right? Shevsky's numbers are insane. Wooden's numbers are insane. I cannot win that argument. But I study basketball. I study who people win with. And as those of us that played for Coach Knight, I'm on a I'm on a text chain with Alford and Todd Meyer and Hillman and all these guys, and we're always like, "Hey, look, if he won with us, he can freaking win with any." Imagine if he had North Carolina's <laughs> guys or Duke's guys. Yeah. But I do believe that. I, I do. As much as I, I, I don't really respect him for what he tried to do to me after, I will I will tell anybody that asks me, of all the coaches that I've studied, he is the best basketball coach I have ever seen. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the ESPN situation, but also, I you know, I sense uh, there's some, some I don't know, resentment is the, nice, uh, the, the right word, but for his uh, coach Knight's refusal to, to return to IU for so many years. Yeah. You know, Gary, we were sold on Jimmy Cruz had a great, a great line about Indiana basketball. It's not a four-year proposition. It's a lifetime proposition. And I bought that. Like we bought that. We, we bought the Indiana family. We bought that. Well, when coach Knight gets fired, him and his kids and his wife are calling ex players and ripping them because they went to games. Like, you know, and, and and Todd Leary had a great line. He goes, look, I went to University of Indiana. I didn't go to University of Bob Knight. Or I went to Indiana University. I yeah. go to, you know, Bob Knight University. And I, I, I told him once, I go, you know, you made this out to be a big deal, but you were full of ish. I go, you were full of crap. This became don't show up because you got fired. I thought this was about us at Indiana. He didn't like that very much. I got excommunicated from the family very quickly for saying but it, it, we all believe that we're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. We always, we never had names on the back of the jerseys. We always had them on the front. We all bought into that. If you didn't buy into it, guess what? You transferred. No big deal. That's your thing. So don't all of a sudden tell us because you got fired 
that we're not supposed to be involved in the university that we gave a lot to and gave a lot to us. So I never really respected that part of it. And it really hit me when he didn't come back, Gary, for the 1976 yeah. reunion, because those guys, Jimmy Cruz, Bobby Wilkerson, Scott May, Tom Abernathy, and Quinn Buckner, those guys made Bob Knight. Bob Knight came to Indiana. People had a lot of doubts. They were the hurrying Hoosiers. He was slowing them down. They were playing defense. He gets Buckner, the number one recruit in the country. He gets May and Wilkerson. They had to sit out. Those guys made Bob Knight. You can say he's a great coach, would have done well, but he wouldn't have been Bob Knight without two undefeated seasons, and those guys did it, and I always felt like he owed it to those guys to show up for them, and when he didn't, I was done with him. I know lots of stories you can tell. I got one I got to bring up before we before we wrap up, and that's uh, IU North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Uh, so talk about that, Dan, because uh, Coach Knight, assigned you that uh, that task of uh, guarding uh, Michael Jordan. What was that like? Well, he didn't want to do it. He didn't uh, want to do it? No, hell no, because he got disgusted. Because if you think about it, it should have been like Isaiah Thomas, you guard Michael Jordan, or, you know, Quinn Buckner or Mike Woodson, you know, don't, Randy Whitman. This is, I think, I remember the look in his face, Gary, like this is how far Indiana has fallen. <laughs> like we got you, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it was, it was a very odd, it's, I don't remember a lot, but I do remember this. I, I do remember on the Sunday, I actually put this out on Twitter just to kind of troll North Carolina fans this week. I do remember that on the Sunday night before we were playing North Carolina, he comes in and it's like six o'clock at night. We had one on Saturday. I think we beat Richmond, and we didn't have a meeting, nothing, till Sunday night. He comes in, and he basically he's pissed. And he, he he's not angry, but he's stern. He's like, let me tell you guys something. This goes for you managers. He goes, if anybody in this locker room doesn't think we're going to beat that living blankety-blank out of those blankety-blank soft ass, well, get out of this locker room right now. And he didn't say it flamboyantly. He said it tough stern matter-of-factly and i remember thinking to myself man let's go you know yeah. and we yeah. had we had very short practices but very good practices and then long story short truthfully i mean i'd love to take credit i always tell people i just simply outquicked him and he beat you know he ran into a better athlete one night and it happens it happens to all of us and <laughs> But the truth, he missed some shots. It was a disheveled game. Alford and Stu Robinson and Uve were unbelievable. I, but I got to tell you, Gary, the game is over. We win. I foul out. Jordan fouls out. I don't think I've done squat. Like, nothing. And all of a sudden, I remember the girl. She was very pretty. I got my arm around Alford because I know the TV cameras are on Alford, right? And a girl stops us, Gary, and goes, Steve, you know, Billy Packer, CBS, we want to talk to you, Coach Knight, after the game. You know, go over there. Yeah. And I'm, all right. And then she goes, Dan, you too. Come on. We want you. And I'm thinking to myself, I had four points. What did I do? Yeah. Right? I'm standing there. It's me, Alford Knight, Billy Packer, and Gary Bender. And I don't know why I'm there. I have no idea. Billy Packer asked Knight about something, and Knight basically calls him an idiot. Like, well, you don't understand <laughs> basketball. We miss free, right? They ask Alford, Gary, and I don't know why I'm there. They ask Alford. Now, Alford was two years younger than me, but he's like a professional. 
Like yeah. I got, I'm missing a tooth, Gary. I, my <laughs> hair, I'm a mess. And Alford goes, well, you know, the guys and I, the kids and I played really well, blah, 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 blah. I don't know why I'm there. They ask me, and Dan, how'd you do it? And I swear to God, Gary, I'm like, what did I do? And Billy Packer goes, how'd you stop Michael Jordan? What was the key? I had no idea I stopped Michael Jordan. <laughs> Gary, I swear to you, I, this is a true story. You can look it up. I look right in the camera. Dan, how'd you do it? I just, I'm like, it just wasn't that hard. That's all I said. Perfect. You could, you could see Knight putting his arm around me like, hey, region boy, let's get the <laughs> hell out of here, right? Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. Right? Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, that had to be one of the highlights. And you know, one thing I noticed looking, doing a little, little research, you were a team captain, right? Not once. Were you two-year team captain? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that says a lot. I mean, it really does. You know, the team captain, you know, you can talk about scoring and defense, all the different things, but team captain, that's that's a special deal, especially being a two-year captain. Yeah, I'm very proud. I think Buckner and I are the only two-year captains, and I'm very, I'm very proud of that. And I won the ball for award. Like I won, you know, you look at, but I won this award called the Ball for Award, which is about bringing honor and distinguishment to Indiana. They showed up and they said, "Hey, Dan, you won this award." I go, "What did I do?" <laughs> and it's, and I looked it up, and it's like this award, like a big time award. I got this plaque that's heavy, and I think what happened, truthfully, Gary, I think Coach Knight felt sorry for me because I screwed <laughs> up the Virginia game after the North Carolina game. I turned the ball over late in the game. So I think he felt bad for me. So he's like, hey, give this sorry idiot an award to make him feel better. But yeah, being a two-year captain, yeah, I'm very proud of that. I'm not going to lie. I always, I always, every team that I ever played on, and I'm going back to Mr. Alley's Hot Dogs as a seven-year-old, I always wanted to be the captain. I yeah. always wanted to be the guy that at half court shook hands and listened to the referee. That was a very, very big deal to me, no matter what sport I played. Yeah, who I don't want to ask you who your favorite teammate was, but but some of your favorite players uh, at IU uh, in particular, who 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 would you I, point to? I loved uh, Uve. Uve and I were roommates. Uve, you good good buddies. I, yeah, I, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I love him. He's come to my house, and uh, we've remained good friends. You know, tra- he's he's the best human being. He calls me out of the blue. His son got murdered. His son. Oh my gosh! Got punched at a party out of college and he called me and we hadn't talked in about three years. He goes, Dan, I don't know why. I just, I just want to talk to you. So we flew down there. Oh, I flew down there and our other roommate, Roger flew down there and uh, we spent whatever time and it kind of reconnected us, you know, but he's one of the most remarkable human beings. He, well, you know, he's a first round draft choice. He, he, he had an unbelievable job with Texas instruments, you know, Brian Sloan, uh, was a freshman when I was there, but I stayed and I coached and, and he's one of the, Alford, I love like Alford. I was older than Alford, so I could make fun of him. Like I used to call him Sean Cassidy to Sean Cassidy of college <laughs> basketball. Right. I mean, he was like, you know, when I was a kid, R- Randy Whitman, Ted Kitzel and Jimmy Thomas were, were there as national champions. And I, I always had so much respect, probably too much respect for those, those three guys. But the one great thing about Indiana, and, you know, Knight told me, he did a lot of lying to me in the recruiting process. I'm not <laughs> going to lie to you. He, he, he lied to me. He told me, hey, if you commit here after I said I was coming, he says, we're not going to recruit anybody your year or the year after, 6'4", 6'5", or 6'6". We're going to set this up for you to play. 
I'm like, great. Well, by the time I entered college, he had recruited Winston Morgan, 6'4", Rick Rowray, 6'6", and then Tracy Foster, 6'5". Totally lied to me. Could not have <laughs> lied more to me. Just <laughs> full of crap. Yeah. But I will say this. The one thing he did say was, look, you're going to have teammates that you will want to bring to your hometown. Then you will want to be able to hang out with your family. And I got to tell you, you know, Courtney Whitty was one of my roommates. Awesome. Todd Meyer. This is interesting. So Todd Meyer's mom and dad are celebrating their 70th, 70th wedding anniversary. Wow. Anniversary. So he sent our, our group, hey, can you do you mind calling, you know, my mom and dad? Because they would always come to parties. They were always, you know. And so we're all like, oh, hell yeah. We love those guys, right? So, you know, just Winston Morgan, I really, really enjoy. Just, you know, you just, you get in Delray Brooks, even though he was there a year, was a great kid. Knight did not lie about that part of it. He was absolutely yeah. right. You, you, you had guys that you enjoyed either going to their house, coming to your house or hanging out with. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up, Dan, I do want to talk about uh, another side of you and that's, that's giving back to community. I know you have the, the, the golf tournament in, in Northwest Indiana, I think in honor of your dad, you, and, and, and something that's really getting a lot of traction is, uh, your, 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 uh, is it doc, uh, dockage bicycles, uh, for kids uh, yeah, talk about that cycles yeah, Cycle, yeah. talk yeah. about that because it, that's i know that's special to you and and your wife lee yeah you know it's funny i got you know I, you know our writer friend at the star said that i use kids as a human shield and i'm like only the indie star could criticize this my wife lee and i we she grew up in northwest ohio which is the same as northwest indiana toledo is the same as gary except they have newer buildings you know it's all the same we're riding we're driving down the street going downtown in indy and we see three kids two are on a bike one is kind of running along and it's it's kind of in the irvington area we're going to dinner somewhere over there in the afternoon and we get talking about bikes and the freedom that bikes have and the fact that bikes made our freaking life right made our life easy Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, everybody does exactly what you just did. Absolutely. I can remember riding my bike. I can remember, you know, when I pulled down the driveway, it was freedom. Yeah. So we were like, let's get kids bikes. Let's. So I announced on my show that, Hey, look, I need a teacher or YMCA or somebody guy calls in. He goes, Dan, I've got a family. They lost everything in a fire. There's three kids. Can you get them bikes? So Lee and I went to the store, you know, and, bottom bikes. We continue to do this. And then all of a sudden the, uh, international, what is it? The I international brotherhood of electrical workers, IBEW. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Great people. They got with our salespeople at MS. We gave away 27. Then man, are these great people, the sports court people, they are the best freaking people. I, I can't say enough about Molly and Ryan Vaughn. Who's not there anymore, but they heard about it. They wanted a partner. So Lee and I started by giving away about 60 bikes on our own. We would literally go to the store. I'd say, Lee, I got a family. I'm going to go stop at uh, Meyer. I'm going to give away, you know, I, I think I can get a couple bikes to, because of the sports court, putting it out, we've given away, I think over 600 bikes now. Wow. And that was at a time in COVID, you could not get bikes. I'm being literal here, Gary. I would drive, tell Lee, look, I'm going to stop at Target. Or she would say she's going to stop at Costco and we would, couldn't find them. So 
this is something that's a passion of ours. Uh, and other cities, Ligonier, Indiana, just the, the police chief up there, uh, man, a great friend of mine, he gave away 35 bikes. They had the whole community out there. Bloomington has had it. Hammond has had it. And it's all based on people donating. It's not, you know, I got to, we're going to do a fundraiser. There's going to be a concert fundraiser. I think I'm going to do a pickleball tournament fundraiser. But this is something, the freaking joy on kids' faces when they get a bike, a helmet, and a lock is the, I get goosebumps right now, right now yeah. talking about it, is the greatest thing you could ever see. And uh, we're just, the Sports Corp is unbelievable, as you well know. Well, Dan, it has been, uh, it's been a real treat to have you on the 100th episode of the Business and Beyond podcast, our first ever two-parter. Great stories, great perspective, uh, and it's always great to see you out at Old Oakland uh, as well. So as the weather turns here, it gets a bit warmer. Look forward to uh, seeing you out on the golf course and uh, out there for dinner as well.